Hi there, and welcome to this episode of the Everyday Millionaire Mindset Matters podcast, where I'm joined by my wife, Olympic mental performance coach, Stephanie Hanlon-Francie. In these episodes, Stephanie and I have a conversation about the different aspects of what we refer to as Mindset Matters, because we believe that for those who are awake, we are living in and through the most impactful time in history. Your view of the world is the filter for how you will experience the evolution and changing dynamics of it. Our intention is to provide you with ideas, nutritious food for thought, and some tools that you can use to help you in being your greatest self and living your best life. Listen in. Enjoy. Hey, folks, Patrick France here. Now, I'm sorry for this brief interruption, but I want to share with you that Stephanie and I, alongside JG Francoeur, will be hosting and facilitating a Think Tank weekend workshop on March 1st, 2nd, and 3rd of 2024 in Calgary, Alberta. So now's the time to make your plans to join us. Catch that flight, make those plans. Anyways, this weekend is all about you and creating an aligned life by design. And if you want to know more about what that means, simply text the word THINK to 587-333-8610, and we will send you more details and information about the agenda. That's THINK to 587-333-8610. And we would absolutely love to support you to make 2024 your best year ever. And this weekend's a way for you to tick it off. Hope to see you there. Hey folks, welcome to the Everyday Millionaire Mind Set Matters podcast, Stephanie. Hi, Han. So, we've got a big topic, but let's just talk about a big week. You were, well, not in Finland, but you were supposed to be in Finland, and thanks to passport delays. CBS or whatever. Yeah, I had some passport issues. Bizarre. Now I have passport paranoia. <laughs> <laughs> but at the end of the day, uh, you are technically in uh, Finland. You just slip over to that time zone, which kind of turns the whole household upside down because you've got clients checking in with you at weird hours. And what's the time difference, by the way, with Finland? It was eight or nine hours. I couldn't quite figure it out because sometimes some countries go on a time zone. We switch time zones. You know, I'm just so grateful that we may have saved daylight this time. There you go. Woohoo! Woohoo! So that was uh, part of what happened over the course of the past uh, week or so, and then we got rid of—not uh, I don't want to say get rid of—but we all of all but one of our puppies moved on to their new owners, and that was kind of cool. We got one that's hanging around for an extra week as the owner gets settled in, but that was kind of fun. So enough about us. Yeah, it was really fun and sad and was all so many different levels. And I'm almost wondering that's why I didn't get on the airplane because, you know, you had events, you had big events, like all day events online. And I was able to prep the puppies and and really hopefully transition them to their new homes. It was such an incredible experience. I, you know, I highly recommend it if anybody gets a chance to do it. I don't know if I'll ever do it again, but <laughs> it was definitely an amazing experience. Yeah, so it's been a very, very busy month with events and meetings and all sorts of stuff going on. We finally have some semblance of order in this week that we're kind of going through right now. But, you know, something you said, something that was interesting, which leads as a perfect segue into the topic today about identity, you know, and the question of who are we if we're not that or the question 
of who are we? You know, there's that whole self-awareness. And so what tweaked me to that thought process is you're no longer a, what do you want to call yourself? A puppy mommy or a puppy what? I know. Okay. I'm not, well, certainly not a breeder, yeah. but no longer a puppy mommy. But my identity for the last three months has been that. Yes. So you've had this identity around being an amazing uh, puppy guardian that is looking after our uh, female echo and then six puppies and then making sure that they get rehomed and looked after and and then of course papa rango and then papa rango anyways the point is the topic today is really about identity and you know there's such an interesting time we're going through i think you know the topic of identity and i kind of let in with uh, who are we if we're not that conversation or topic because, you know, over the years and working with athletes as they move on, because really, I mean, you're, if you're still a professional athlete or a competitive athlete in your late thirties, and certainly there's a rare case of some 40 year olds, but it's pretty rare. The point is, is that all of a sudden you find yourself outside of the scope of really what you were known for. And we've seen many times where these athletes and I'm using athletes because it's a, kind of an easy one to relate to right now, is who are you if you're not that? Who are you if you're not that player and or that superstar or at least connection to professional sport, for example? And there is a bit of an identity crisis that goes on with players that we've seen over the years because they're so connected to that as being their identity. You know, I am an NHL hockey player. I am a professional or a competitive figure skater, you know? Let's dig into that a little bit because I think it really matters as we've seen people even transition out of careers and out of businesses. And also from, you know, even being a stay-at-home mom or a stay-at-home dad or an empty nester, a retiree, there's all these life era changes that go on. And I think with businesses and in in the athlete realm where where we spend where I spend most of my time is really having the conversation sooner than later because there is going to be a life after you know, and who am I going to be? Yes, I'm an Olympic and a world champion. I'm an NHL champion, whatever those labels are. But what I've discovered over the years is that if I can help the language shift from I am a figure skater, I am a hockey player to I figure skate. I am a champion hockey player. I am not that, but it's what I do. And if I can shift that early enough, then we can actually move into the conversation about creating your identity around that and just using those as kind of epaulets, as things that are on your shoulders as, yes, I've done this, I've done that, I've achieved this goal, but I'm not attached to the label of that. And I think that's really what's important to me in this conversation. Well, you know, when you unpack this whole conversation, I think you hit on a really interesting and the most important point is that's what I do. That's not who I am. And this is where if you're not self-aware, if you aren't paying attention to it, it can catch you off guard should something change in your life. Even for those who are intentionally shifting and, you know, you and I have had this experience with within our family. I know my dad went through it and that was impossible to deal with. But anyways, that's a different conversation. The point is, is that he retired and it looked like well, I'm going to do this when I'm retiring, you know, and or when I'm retired. But he went through a huge I guess we'll call it identity crisis, if you will, because he was in some role of a senior management in a big corporation and he was a he was a big deal in that world. And when he came out of that, it was just like 
okay, all the people that he talked to on an ongoing basis, on a daily basis, all of a sudden they're gone. All of the decisions and all of the things that he was needed for on a day-to-day basis was no longer needed. And so, you know, you said something that was really interesting the other day where a lot of people plan their wedding, but they don't plan their marriage. And I think, you know, in the case of transitioning, in this case, we're talking about retirement, you know, we plan our retirement, but we don't really plan the transition of, oh, oh, now who am I if I'm not what I once was? Some people can do that quite well, and they seem to do it quite naturally, don't know what goes on behind the scenes. But we also see a lot of people who struggle when they make those changes, whether it be a retirement or a shift of a for example, you sell a business or you shift out of a career. So much identity attached to what we do and who we are in that business. But then we also get acknowledged for that. I remember not long ago, you know, I was the Oilers skating coach and conditioning coach in the 90s. Okay, think about it, 1990 to 1999. Two years ago, it's 2023 right now. Two years ago, I ran into somebody, I forget where it was, and they said, how's it going with the Oilers? You still the Oilers skating coach? And I went, wow. So my identity in that other person's eyes was also really locked in. So it's not just the identity that maybe I had. I'd moved on from that and, you know, pretty quickly, especially when I started training as a personal and performance coach for, for other athletes and business owners, is that I wasn't attached to that identity. I was for a while because I struggled after retiring a bit because I didn't know how I was going to step into it. But I think I'd done enough personal work and had an understanding of my values and what I wanted to do and who I wanted to be going forward is that I, I didn't have to drop that persona and go you know cold turkey and try to create something new. I was really bringing the values of what I had done as, as the skating coach for the Edmonton Oilers and the conditioning coach and then working into the mental training and understanding that there was an evolution that was happening as I was growing myself. And I think what happens is sometimes our identity gets stuck in the acknowledgement, the significance, et cetera, of that particular role. We fight for it. And then honestly, that's where personal and professional growth stops. So I really want to invite people to take a look at where you are now. And are you attached to the identity of being what you say you are today? Or is there an openness, a willingness to say, okay, this is what I'm doing right now, but it's not exactly who I am. And if this changes tomorrow, am I going to be okay? Am I going to be able to use the skills and maintain the values and bring that forward into the next phase of my life? Well, you know, let's consider this, you know, many years ago, you know, the business that the retail business I own called ProSkate in Edmonton, you know, 40 years. And for many years, I was part of that. And I was in the day to day of it. And, you know, there was identity attached to it. When clients walked in the store, they were looking specifically for me and I needed to work with them. And some of them were very high end NHL and competitive skaters and competitive athletes and big deal parents and all the rest of it. And I became the go to. Now, in my mind, of course, you can't scale a business when you're the kind of pointy end of the spear, but you're the only spear. You know, you got you to gotta expand on that. My point was, is or is that when I left that business back in 2006, when I morphed out of it, I didn't have an attachment or any, uh, you know, attachment to the identity within that business. I wanted to be a business owner, not a entrepreneur or a technician that was working in the business. Now, 
So all to say this is today, as I look at being business owner, being the CEO of the Real Estate Investment Network, being a podcast host and co-creator with you and Mindset Matters and working into the professional and I guess personal development space that we do in supporting business owners and real estate investors. All to say this, let's use the handle called CEO of the Real Estate Investment Network. That's a title, it's not who I am. Who I am is a business owner, who I am is a coach, who I am is a great, I hope, husband, brother, grandfather, father. You know, that when you break it down and I move on at some point as CEO from the Real Estate Investment Network, whether I exit the business or whatever might happen one day, the point is that I'm not attached to that. I'll continue speaking, I'll continue doing all the things that I do, perhaps in a different space and in a different topic, but ultimately, who I'm not is my title. It's what I do. That's a big conversation. And I think the identity piece of it is really important because I think it stems back into even childhood or high school or defining yourself as a young person and trying to establish, you know, you think about the branding that goes on right now with social media and how people are locking into this visual and this external way of being. And I think that's a little nerve wracking. I, I look back now and I'm really grateful that I'm not attached to that. I don't have that as an issue, but I see now that some of the skaters and the athletes and the young people that I work with are really at the effect of this image and of building an identity, not just a brand, but an identity that they're going to hopefully, well, not hopefully, but be locked into so that as they do change and grow and evolve in their lives, there's going to be people that are going to want to suck them back into that identity that they used to be. And I think that's where we have to pay attention and, and be mindful when we're supporting people, especially young people, in developing their brand and developing their identity and teaching them that their identity is not physical. It's not an external thing. It's not your body. It's not your gender. It's not just one thing that you have to then put your stake in the ground and fight for it for the rest of your life. It's a combination. We are human beings having an experience of physicality in the world. And I think we've gotten stuck and a little bit lost in judging people on the identity that they're putting out there, whether it's in social media or whether it's in in politics or whether it's in in any area of our community. I think something that if we want to dig into it, I don't know how far you want to go down that rabbit hole, but I'm really seeing uh, the damage that could be caused if we're not careful and we don't create the space for people to have a conversation about who am I? Who am I in the context of my life in all seven areas? Am I this person and do I have to be this for the rest of my life forever and forever? Amen. I love that conversation. And if you love these conversations and would like to do a lot more around this body of work, on March 1st, 2nd, and 3rd, 2024, we are doing a think tank. We are facilitating a think tank in Calgary, Alberta. Stephanie, J.G. Francoeur, and myself, along with one of our support people, Bonnie Canesso, will be in Calgary. And if you're interested in that, you can text 587-333-8610. Text the word THINK. That is 587-333-8610. Text the word think and you get some information on the think tank. And it's an alignment think tank, March 1st, 2nd, 3rd in Calgary. And be prepared to have a conversation about identity. I think that's really what spurred this on for me. And, and thanks for bringing up the, the think tank, hon, is that when we are stepping into the world and putting ourselves out there to be judged or to be partners with people or invested in or investors, invest 
you know, whatever's going to happen in the world, we have to know who we are. And that identity has to be self-generated. And right now, a lot of it I find is being externally generated for people and people are being locked into certain identities and they're forced to define themselves as certain roles. And that to me is very damaging. It's not damaging for the spirit and the soul of that person, but I think, but also for our community. So I don't know, how far do you want to go into that? Well, I think we need to go into it. I think it's really the next phase of this conversation. So when you consider what you just said, which is a lot of our identities are often externally driven. So when Stephanie and I, over the course of this podcast, have talked many times, we use the term self-awareness and being true to yourself and know thyself and discover thyself. And I guess to some, it's a little bit to nausea, maybe a little wooey-wooey, what the hell are we talking about? But at the end of the day, if you're listening to this, you're searching for more. You're searching for uh, more of yourself and to really define who you are to be unaffected or less affected by what's going on in the outside world. So when we look at what's happening in social media, and I think this is such an important conversation, we look at social media platforms, and I don't need to name them, they're all there. We all kind of watch them sometimes, but where we have to be very cautionary, and I can get drawn into this rabbit hole. So as is and the rabbit hole is of scrolling or watching. I've had to really use a lot of discipline to not get caught on that. And what I found is that the less I, time I spend on social media doing mindless things, there is a point and a place for social media. So for example, we promote the podcast on social media, whether it be LinkedIn or Facebook or Twitter or any number of them. And it's really driven to get the word out there about the podcast, about the message that we're trying to get out there. So let me just keep going through this a little bit. If I wasn't aware the way I am, and if I was just looking and scrolling through mindlessly, I noticed the wear and tear mentally and emotionally about who I'm not. Now, there is a part of us that we can't help but compare. So we're comparing our moments in time to somebody else's moments in time, or we're comparing our life to somebody else's moments in time. We've had these conversations before. So then all of a sudden we are looking at we're not that. And, you know, we're looking at the external things that drive ego. So we just had this recent conversation on a podcast about our ego and how our ego wants to protect itself. It wants to protect itself from uh, being ashamed. It's trying to protect ourselves from being called out. The ego protects itself. And when we start comparing ourselves or when we're not really aware of who we are, that ego becomes very, very vulnerable to outside influences, social media. We can go down and further in this conversation, and then I'll turn it over to you. When you look at and consider the fact that as adults, if we are, you know, assuming we're mature, assuming we have some degree of self-awareness, think about what's happening in mainstream media. Think about what's happening in our schools. I don't happen to agree with most of what's going on in our schools when it comes to the education that's now being provided in terms of the sexuality and to me, it's just so offside, and I would just not want to be a parent today. I think there's a lot of tough conversations that families got to be having. You know, what do you do? Where do you? Yeah, I mean, homeschooling is booming. Uh, home tutoring is booming because many are saying, "No, I don't want my children exposed to this diversity, this polarity, this kind of painting everything with the same brush." And the minority of something that we call what I call the squeaky wheels get all the political attention and even public attention. And if you're a small wheel and you squeak loud enough, you're going to get that attention. So that's my own kind of views of it. 
But I think that in itself is creating a whole different identity crisis. So long-winded, I know, but that's kind of setting the context for you. Oh boy, you know, that is a big conversation. And I think about all the parents and the and the kids that are going through it right now that are being forced to look at and deal with this and this whole Soji thing that's happening. We're in BC and it's a big deal and it's been going on for almost a decade. And I had no idea that they're actually teaching gender ideology in elementary school. So children are being introduced to these conversations where sometimes parents aren't aware of what's happening. And I still believe that parents are our first life coach. And if our parents are not aware and they're just handing their children over and they're not aware of what's going on in the school system, or they have to because they're working and the kids have to go to school and they have to be educated because that's our political dogma that we have to put them through, you know, these 12 years of school, et cetera. There's not a lot of choice. So I think the fear is very clearly on and the the fear-based decisions are are not always the best and highest choice. So when you're supporting your child, are you able to, you know, bring them into environments where they're still being, you know, allowed to be kids and just play and have fun and not worry about gender and identity and what's going on and choosing this and choosing that? I mean, that to me is ridiculous. It's, and maybe that's my naivety. I, I mean, I work with a lot of athletes who work through their gender uh, confusion and, and a lot of body dysmorphia, not necessarily gender dysmorphia, but that, that's a psychological aspect that has been going on for many, many years. But I believe as professionals, as adults, and as people that are self-aware and mature, that it's up to us to own our own identity and then be able to go into that conversation with a, our own children or with the, their support team at school or, or psychologists that are saying, you know, here's a bigger picture. We're not going to take this identity at 10 years old or 12 years old and lock it in because I don't know about you, but I'm not even the same person you married 30 years ago. And I'm so grateful for that. Mm-hmm. I came into our relationship with a very strong identity and I knew who I was and that got to change and grow and morph. You know what? I don't know if a lot of people know this, but I changed my name at 28 years old. And I asked people to call me Stephanie Anlin, That and that was not my birth name, but I didn't demand it. Can you imagine like changing my name? And that was a very internal, very spiritual, very deep and very upsetting and uprooting conversation. But that was an you know, a long time ago. And now there's things that you're going to be asked to demand to somebody to change their gender. And then I have to accept that. Or I have to call people certain pronouns when I know it's it's not true. So I know what I went through to go into that conversation about changing something that's so intimate. And I knew that it was going to affect my family, my friends, my business, but it was very personal. But I was 28 years old. I wasn't 12. And I went through a process that really um, helped me heighten my self-awareness. Well, I think this is an important part of the discussion, right? Number one, you're 28 years old. Number two, this conversation is about identity, not about any gender ideologies per se. I think there's a fundamental that doesn't change for me. I mean, we have many gay and lesbian friends. That's certainly not an issue for us. I have no, I guess, real judgment around that. I do have a pushback when we consider what we're educating young children and why do we need to educate them? Why do we need to open up this door? And I, sorry, I just disagree with a 40-year-old trans man, trans person 
you know, flaunting and being part of, you know, a reading segment in schools. Like, I don't get it. And so that's just me being naive. I guess I do have a lot of compassion and probably empathy for kids and parents who are finding themselves in these scenarios where they are now questioning their own identity. They're questioning their own values because they're being uh, felt to be made wrong. And this is really the fundamental breakdown when we come to identity, when we talk a lot about values, where I think people are questioning, in this case, parents are questioning their own values, going, well, hold it. Not all parents, by the way, but many. Uh, many are rolling over. Many are just quietly not saying anything because they don't know what their options are. I've got, you know, we've got two parents working. What do I do? I can't pull them out of school. I mean, there's all sorts of difficult, difficult situations that are showing up and very difficult decisions that need to be made. The point is this. This is all part of the, I'm going to call it an identity crisis going on on that level. Now, having said that, when we come to back to the conversation really around identity, it was who are we if we're not that? That was really kind of the opening question. And this was more about as we transition out of careers, as we transition out of businesses, as we move on to different things in our life, it could be a totally different career path. It could be literally a mom realizing that I'm still and I'll always be a mom, but my kids don't need me every day, all day, like they did in the past. And now who am I if I'm not that? And and, you know, who are you in the community? So these are all things that start to realize that if we're not careful, if we're not having that self-awareness to say, that's what I do, it's not who I am. And I think that's a, a good differentiator. I don't know that it's the only differentiator, by the way, but I think it's a good one to consider that our ego gets attached to the profile, perhaps, of what we do. And let's go back to professional athletes. And, you know, the one thing that you and I have come to realize over the years is that, you know, professional athletes are always, or not always, are too often put on a pedestal. And they're put on a pedestal and we know them and we go like, okay, you're really good at that smart, that sport, but you're not like you're a rocket scientist. You're not particularly smart beyond the skills that you have in that sport. Yet we put those individuals on a pedestal because of that particular talent that they have, but it's not who they are. So the minute we put somebody on a pedestal, we minimize ourselves. The opposite of that is true, of course, is when we inflate ourselves, when our ego inflates itself, then we're minimizing others. That's all part of the awareness that we have to have. And that's where in that case, you know, we've all been around inflated egos and what is hard to take when you're in the same presence or in the presence of somebody with an inflated ego is you feel minimized. You, you, you feel made less than. And so this is a real interesting dynamic, again, that we face is who are we? And if we're comparing ourselves to that inflated ego because we think that inflated ego is bigger, better, bolder because they drive a nicer car, they have a bigger house, they make more money. Really? Is that now your standard of how you, you know, how you identify yourself or how you, you actually look at yourself? These are the challenges that I think many are facing given, again, social media and mainstream media and just the lack of awareness of what we do is not who we are. Well, and who are you comparing yourself to? And that's the thing that, that really um, irks me when it comes to kids 
you know, they want to put them, put, you know, parents want to put their children into sport for, for certain reasons. And I think it's about learning life skills. It's learning about adversity. It's learning about resilience. It's learning about how to work cooperatively and competitively. It's learning all these things. And then the adults or the coaches get into these kind of woke scenarios where they have to then do and say all these certain things where everybody has to be equal and everybody gets a red ribbon and you don't want to be better than somebody else. And I think it's really damaging to our self-worth and our self-esteem because I don't know about you, but survival of the fittest is still one of the most important things when it comes to life and growth. And it's not about, you know, competing to put people down. It's about also learning how to elevate yourself. So, you know, your line is you really want to help people live their best lives and live and be their greatest self. Well, if we don't know what that means, if people don't know what that means, that's a pretty high standard, especially when you think about what you have to do to live your best life. I mean, you do have to learn to work out. You do have to learn to manage your thoughts and you have to, you know, consider if I want to live my best life, what does that mean? So that's a conversation that is very deep. It's not just a superficial thing. And we're just not walking around going, hey, let's just live your best life and let's coach you to be your best self. Well, no, what does that mean to you? What do you have to become? Who do you have to become? What do you have to let go of? What do you have to step away of uh, from? What are you letting go and of an identity in yourself? What, do you, what attachments are you letting go of? What are you willing to look at? And what are you willing to be wrong about? And when we talk about identity or when I talk about being your best self, it's about the humility that it takes to go, okay, I really want to be good at something or I want to be the best in the world at something. And what does that need to look like? But right now we've got kids that are just wanting to be famous to be famous. And we've seen it right back down from the Miley Cyruses and all the way back. They're just famous to be famous. Yeah. You know, and I'm not even going to mention some of the people that I have zero awareness of who they are, but they have millions and millions of followers on social media and that our young, especially young girls are being influenced by that. And that's the piece that breaks my heart is that the parents can't catch it. They've got their own phones. They've had since they're 10 years old or six years old. So they don't even really know what their children are following and the influences that they're having. And then all of a sudden they're blindsided, you know, by a teenager that, you know, they don't know. And I think that's being accelerated into the identity of who's coming out of this generation and how are they being supported and how are they going to heal? How are they going to maybe go, well, make, wow, I was influenced, but that's not really what I want. It's not really who I am. It doesn't feel right. And now I've grown and I've got more information and I've learned and I want more out of life rather than just to be famous. And then what? Then what? Well, I think there's a, you know, and as we kind of wind this whole conversation down, I think there's something that needs to be kind of, we sh let's shine a light on one fundamental thing, which is, you know, why do we even have this conversation? You know, why do we bring it to anybody's attention? And ultimately, I think that, you know, as I've just, I literally was having a conversation with a couple of clients today and it came around, you know, back to your point, you know, being your greatest self, living your best life. Well, what does that even mean? So to me, it's always, what are you working backwards from? And, you know, what do you have to elevate or how do you need to elevate back to your conversation to kind of achieve that? If you've set a, a, a different profile or something that you want to achieve or some way you want to be, then you have to shift the trajectory. You know, the fundamental rule is, is that if you want your life to change, be very clear, you have to change. Life will not change unless you change. So going back to that, when we look into this 
and have this conversation around identity and perhaps the crisis for some that's happening, it's mental, it's emotional, it's spiritual, it creates anxiety, it creates, creates depression, it is a challenge for many that are fighting to have some identity and they're looking for it in what they do as opposed to who they are. And I think often that's where we see, you know, midlife crises. It's where we see people go into debt to buy things they can't afford to impress people that they don't even like. So these are some of the kind of the fallout of not being really clear and solid in who you are as opposed to what you do. And so that's kind of how I would, you know, maybe wrap this up, you know, to bring awareness to understanding that if you're not what you do, it opens up a whole different door for opportunity. I really do believe that many people stick to a job that they hate because they don't know who they would be if they weren't that. And that is a block for some and maybe many. And so in the conversation and in this particular conversation on this podcast, on this day, think about identity. Think of what's influencing you. Think about where you maybe beat yourself up mentally and emotionally, again, even spiritually, not feeling fulfilled. And it's perhaps because you're so attached to this identity of what you do. So that's kind of where I would leave it. I'll kind of leave the last word to you, probably. Maybe not. I don't know yet. Yeah. <laughs> Hello. I mean, what? Of course I get the last word. <laughs> Go ahead. One of the things that you said earlier is that the roles that we take on can be tied to our sense of self. And our roles that we take on, whether it's wife, for me, mother, stepmom, grandma, entrepreneur, friend, you know, I'm just doing the best I can. And I think that's what's interesting is that the first presupposition of everything in, uh, in coaching and in, in the work that we do is everybody's doing the best they can. But when people walk up and say, I want to change, the clue for me is, okay, then you're willing to maybe shift the identity and the persona that you're putting out to the world and become more authentic, become more of who you truly are. And then we have a place to start. If we have a place to start around you deciding who you're going to show up as and create your identity, create your persona, because personality is all made up and we all know that we're not locked into our personalities. Our personality is not our identity. Our personality and our identity is not our ego. And when we think about it, if we have just some time to slow down and say, okay, not just who am I, but who am I being? Who am I being as a wife? Who am I being as a puppy mommy? Who am I being as a friend and as a business partner? And am I showing up in a way that I'm proud of and that moves my life forward? Because as I always say, and you know this, life is short. And then all of a sudden, you know, something external happens and change and you have to show up and be your best self in a new scenario, a new environment. So if you're not being consistent and you're not building trust with yourself and that self-worth, that's so important that those conversations can be held in a really safe and confidential environment. But if you're defending yourself and you're defending your way of being and it's not working for you anymore, then maybe it's time to take a look at the who you're being and who you are if you're not that and know that it's a choice. Fan. 
Fantastic. We're going to leave it on that. Before we go, remember Calgary, March 1st, 2nd, 3rd. If you're interested in finding out more about our think tank, March 2nd, 1st, 2nd, 3rd in Calgary, you can text 587-333-8610. Text the word THINK. 587-333-8610. Text the word THINK. And if you're still listening, I want to do a shout out to some uh, super fans, you know, Nick and Luke and Ryan and Kyle and Annie, because they reached out to me. They sent a little comment here and there, and I met some of them at a recent rain meeting, and uh, that was really, really nice. Shared a couple stories. So anyways, thanks, everybody. Thanks for listening. Stephanie, thank you. That was fun. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening. If you found value in the podcast, please take the time to rate and review and share with others, share with your friends. As it is my goal to always improve and to provide the highest value for you, the listener. If you have any comments, suggestions, or questions you'd like answered, please email me at ceo at raincanada.com. That's ceo at reincanada.com. I look forward to hearing from you. And until next time, Patrick out.